You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody, here we go again. It is April 2019th. It's April 19th today, and I have eight hours of work left, and then I have three days off, and I'm going to dedicate those three days to turkey hunting uh, like I always do second season it's kind of become a tradition in the family where I bring all the family down my mom watches the kids me and the wife go out hunting <laughs> this year however it's going to be a little bit different I'm not so sure my wife is sold on turkey hunting in 30 degree weather so that might be a little bit difficult I'm going to have to pull out the rut clothing so I can dress warm enough to sit in a turkey blind but uh, nonetheless I'm exciting I'm exciting I'm excited to get out there and uh, chase some gobblers man I've talked to a couple buddies and you know if the weather is good and the wind's not blowing 30 miles an hour they're talking and that means they're killable so that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend I know a lot of other people are out there there's a good chance I'm taking my buddy John out uh, and to try to get him his first turkey ever. I know, if, I think that's the game plan for Friday, depending on if the wife wants to hunt. Uh, other than that, man, just uh, get outside and uh, try to enjoy Mother Nature and get out of the cubicle for a little bit. So that's always a plus. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking to a gentleman from Pennsylvania named Joe Marcello. Now, Joe. His 2017 season was like the perfect season. It was a bear hunt, successful. Mule deer hunt in Colorado, successful. And an, a trip to Ohio for the rut, uh, that's kind of a, a, a tradition that he does as well, successful. So he went on three different hunts. He batted 1,000, and uh, the dude was on fire last year, and that's what today's podcast is about. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's basically a hunter profile slash BS session podcast with Joe. I know you guys uh, seem to like those, so I keep putting them out. Now, quick shout out. As the summer gets here, I want to start talking more and more about gear, especially product reviews. Now, this past season, if there are some products that you guys want to review that you purchased and you liked, and I want to get the dislikes out there too, so not just a whole bunch of things that you really liked, I want to talk about the things that you didn't like either and why you decided you you know you won't buy that product again as, as long as you know you don't sit there and say f this f that but you know i know how we all talk anyway i want to do some product reviews so please reach out to me on facebook if you want to do some of those reviews i would really appreciate that uh it makes for good content and uh it, it helps other hunters kind of point you know 
from from one hunter to another hunter. That's what that's what I always like about products. From one hunter to another hunter, this is how I feel about a product. And uh, I think it's uh, when you put it into that context, it's very it's unbiased and very relatable. So, other than that, I think we got to do a commercial. Who's the commercial today? It is Ripcord Arrow Rests. Now. You guys have heard me talk a lot about Ripcord over the past year, right? They are an arrow rest. They have two different types. They have string-driven and limb-driven, and uh, they are quality. And when I say quality, I mean high-quality products, man. I've had in my life, I think I've had maybe one season where I didn't have a Ripcord on my bow, but from 2006 until today... I can tell you that I've had literally two ripcord arrow rests over that period of time, and the only reason that I have a, had a new ripcord put on my uh, last bow was because I got one for free from the sponsorship that I do for these guys. So I didn't necessarily need it. I got it. I didn't necessarily need it. The other one was working perfectly. I passed it off to a friend who needed a rest for his bow but very good people and that's one one thing I definitely like about uh, certain companies uh, in the hunting industry especially uh, who I like to work with I like to work with good people and the people uh, Keith the owner of Ripcord is a good person he's a veteran he it's an American made product and it's a high quality durable product and especially for me I beat the piss out of my equipment all year round so I I ask a lot out of my hunting gear and Ripcord always has uh, come through so go visit Ripcord Arrowrest and take a look at all of the products that they offer other than that guys enough talking let's get into today's Hunter Profile podcast with Joe Marcello all right on the phone with me today, Mr. Joe Marcello. How you doing today, Joe? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. And I'm tell I tell you what, after the season that you had in 2017, man, I'd be smiling for like two years in a row. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, like I said, I got a quite the taxidermy bill. I'm doing uh, I'm doing a lot of side work right now to try to catch up. <laughs> to try to catch up for my paper, my habits. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna and we're gonna get into the ins and outs of that here in a little bit. But before we do, why don't you tell everybody where you're from and what do you do for a living? Um, I'm from uh, Manaca, Pennsylvania. It's in the uh, southwestern part of the state, and I'm a commercial electrician. Okay, so you stay pretty busy throughout the year. Pennsylvania, yeah, Pennsylvania, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stay pretty busy. Okay. So uh, what part of the state is that in? Uh, southwestern part of the so, state. Okay. About so, an, um, yeah, about 45 minutes uh, north of Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. So do you hunt whitetails out there as well? I do. Yeah, that's mainly, you know, my passion. That's, you know, it's pretty much all year round as far as scouting. It really never ends. Gotcha. Okay. And... Just to put it in perspective, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay, 25. All right, so you're 25 years old, and we're mm-hmm. get, you're getting ready to go in. Well, I want to I want to even go back a little bit uh, before okay. we start talking about this because wh- how long have you been a quote unquote deer hunter? Uh, about seven years, basically. My senior started my senior year of high school once okay. I was done playing football because I I really didn't didn't have any time in high school just because that, that was so demanding as far as a, a schedule gotcha okay so your senior year in high school you started hunting and you started you know enjoying it um was it something that you kind of did like a little bit here a little bit there or is it something that you kind of just cannonballed into and said you know man I'm a hunter now well i I I'd gotten my took my hunter safety course when I was probably when I was uh, maybe like a freshman, but I never really had anybody to take me. I don't really had never don't have any family um, locally that hunts or anything like that. 
And so I had, the, you know, kind of desire, you know, we, uh, the house I grew up in, there was about 20 acres behind it. So we were always in the woods growing up, me and my brother. But, uh, um, yeah, I kind of just, once I had the, some time, you know, kind of started to, to, to get into it. I really kind of put in quite a bit of time that first year, but didn't, it, it, uh, it didn't really go as planned. That's for sure. Definitely, uh, screwed up a lot. Okay. And, um, so your fresh, your senior year in high school, you started hunting and now you're 25. Um, something happened in that period of time to make you say, yeah. you know what? I, I really like this and I want to start expanding to more than just whitetails. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, uh, my third, after my first season, I pretty much just gun hunted. Well, I bow hunted, um, you know, I, once I started, you know, my, my friend literally lent me a bow and I started doing that that very first season. And I hunted probably with a bow for like a couple, maybe a month or so. And then it basically was going right into rifle season. So I gun hunted primarily that first year. And then the second year I shot my first year with a bow in the early season of Pennsylvania. And then that, that's kind of, that's what really started it. And after that, it was just, you know, on to the next thing, just, you know, first shoot your first, first deer, got that out of the way with a gun, then moved to, you know, shooting the goal was to shoot a, you know, any deer with a bow and did that. And then it was, you know, trying to shoot a buck and, you know, and it just, just kept escalating. Right. Just, you know, new goals every year. Right. So, you know, I, I like that approach to it because for me, um, I didn't really, I, I didn't start hunting serious until later in life however i was exposed to it at an early age through uncles and through friends and friends of friends um you know and i was exposed to this quote unquote big buck you know you got to shoot a big antlered buck you know you got to shoot a big antlered buck were you exposed to the ant quote the quote unquote antler craze as a you know, as a young man, um, and did that have any influence on what you shot throughout the year? Uh, no, not the beginning. At the beginning, I would have shot the first legal buck I could see. I was just hoping to see a buck <laughs> at that point. Right. You know, when I first started, my you know very first buck I shot was a a six point with a you know with a rifle, and I was you know I was on top of the world <laughs> whenever I shot that deer. So right. right. Um, but as as the years progressed, you know, obviously after I shot the, my first buck with a gun, then it was, you know, Hey, get the first, first buck with, uh, you know, with archery tackle. And then from there, just keep getting, you know, bigger and bigger. And, you know, I shot a pretty nice one in 2016 and I was like, man, it might take a while to shoot one bigger than this. And then the next year I shot, <laughs> this past season, I shot an even bigger one. Right. So, uh, I'm gonna have to start putting an addition on here, uh, to, to try to take care of these deer mounts or start to learn how to do it myself. To, to keep up with the, you know, the cost of it. Right. Absolutely. So then when you, you know, you started get, you started hunting more in Pennsylvania and then you, did you go yeah. outside? When did you start going outside of the state? Cause I know you mentioned you hunt in Ohio. Yes. I, yeah, I love Ohio. That's, I'd move there if I could, but my job, you know, I work in, I work in Pittsburgh. So, um, it's, uh, you know, that'd be a little bit of a haul for me, but right. I had, I had some friends that, you know, uh, through, you know, knowing some, you know, knowing some landowners out there that their dads worked with in Ohio. And then they, they probably you know, two friends really influenced me to, to kind of, you know, Hey, you want to come out here and hunt with me? And it just kind of got hooked from there. And, and then I just started to expand on my own and, you know, knocking on doors like crazy and, and just trying to find some places. And now, you know, pretty, pretty established. Nice. So you have a, so you have places to go in Pennsylvania. You got places to go in Ohio. Yes. Yeah. Multiple places. Yeah. Okay. For, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't relate. And, uh, and that's why I like talking to guys who hunt in Pennsylvania and Michigan, right? I, I cannot relate to the high pressure type of hunting uh, that you guys have to deal with. Is that what led yeah. you out of Pennsylvania to start hunting in Ohio? Probably not. You know, at the time, I didn't really realize that that's what I think it was mainly was is it was so hard to see deer in Pennsylvania. And then I go out to Ohio and I'm hunting these areas where there's so many more deer and less pressure. And it's like, you know, I think I got drawn to Ohio and, and expanded more towards that. But, you know, come, you know, 
Um, but that's probably why, like, it's not really looking at it that way, but more so just, yeah, you can, I just, I seem to have a lot better success in Ohio. Um, right. and I, I think it's mainly just because, because like you're saying, because of the pressure, right. It's, it's tough. What was you really that? got, I really, you really got luck in PA to, to find those, those small spots, right. You know, those spots that are overlooked and stuff like that. So what was your first, what was your first season like? Um, cause I talked to a lot of people who maybe will live in Michigan or they live in Pennsylvania and then they do exactly what you do or they come to Illinois or they come to Iowa and it's just this mind blowing experience for them. Not only are they seeing more numbers, mm-hmm. but they're seeing deer that you shouldn't shoot in Iowa or Illinois but it's hard not to, you know what I mean? Like they're told, okay, well, you're yeah, probably going to see a, a, a one, you, you know, you, there's a potential you could sh- see a 150 class deer. So don't shoot the first 130 class you see, even though you may have never seen a 130 class from the tree stand before. Right. Was, was it an eye opening experience like that for you making that transition from Pennsylvania to Ohio? Yes, it was. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've seen a lot more bigger bucks in Ohio than I have in Pennsylvania, and I've hunted Pennsylvania, you know, a few more years than I have Ohio. Right. Okay. So then, why you know, did it take some time for you to get used to this change? Or, I mean, did you shoot the first, um, I guess, the biggest buck you've ever seen in Ohio, or did you start passing some of these uh, smaller caliber deer to – you know, hold out for something bigger. Um, I, yeah, I tried, I tried, I guess I should, I should <laughs> say that's probably what I tried to, I, um, the very first full season of hunting Ohio, I hunted on a farm that was, it, it got slammed. I ended up having a that area just got over hunted. Yeah. Um, I seen a really big buck. I did saw a really nice buck, which looking back, it probably was like low one forty something like that, which to me, like you said, that was the first time I'd ever seen a big buck like that. So, right. Um, but then the year after that, I really pushed hard and found, you know, a, a found a property, and and I actually uh, missed a, a bigger buck on it that the following year. And then, you know, sitting in a tree stand all day, you know, pretty decent looking two two year old walked by <laughs> and I shot him. But, yeah. You know, but um, uh, I'm definitely kind of. You know, after this season and and picking up a couple extra properties and stuff like that, um, I, I kind of set myself up in PA this year to where, you know, I can try to to get that itch out a little early. You know, in, in Pennsylvania, like if I see a decent two-year-old buck in PA, I'm probably I'm probably going to shoot it. But now in Ohio, I'm definitely passing two-year-olds. You know what I mean? Yeah, but absolutely. Just because of the pressure in PA, absolutely. But, so now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you're fairly, you're, you've been in the game, you know, you started hunting when you were roughly 17, 18, you're 25 now. So that's what, seven years, roughly you've, you've been hunting. Yeah. So somewhat still you're, you're younger, right? You may have a little bit more experience yeah. than most, but you're still in that, what I'm going to call a younger age, age class, I guess you'd say. What oh, then? Yeah, sure. What then? Kind of made you think. You know what? There's more to this world than just whitetails. You know, what made you start thinking about maybe either you know heading north to Canada or heading west to you know Colorado? Uh, I have a, quite a bit of friends that they travel a lot and hunt a lot, and just you know, it just it always seemed like you know I'd get invited on the trips, but it just didn't seem like you know something would come up, and I couldn't go, and I couldn't you know couldn't spend the money at the time, and then you know kind of just got a little bit more established and settled down with everything, and and you know then you know finally pulled the trigger and had a couple of good opportunities at some cheap some cheaper trips to do it yourself hunts and. And just, you know, was tired of sitting on the sidelines and having all my buddies send me pictures. So <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, I wanted to get out there right. and, and, you know, try, some, try something different. So what did you have to do when you made the, the mental decision 
to say, you know what, I want to, I want to do one of these hunts. What were some of the preparations, you know, the steps, what, what kind of preparation did you have to do to, you know, make those thoughts then come become a reality? Uh, save and being more, you know, uh, mindful of my, you know, spending, you know what I mean? Like, you know, now like it goes with new gear, you know, you want to mm-hmm. buy the newest and greatest thing. I kind of realized, you know, I have everything I need to, to be successful and the, you know, to hunt whitetails and, you know, I really don't need to spend any money. So really just saving and then doing some, you know, some side jobs and, and really pushing on that to, to make some extra cash. And, and that, that was the biggest thing was, was, you know, just putting all that money away and just, just, you know, keeping, just staying focused on, you know, getting out of here and, and going somewhere else. Right. So going along with the savings, there has to be some other prep work too, right? Because you can't just, you know what, I'm going to drive to Colorado and I'm going to shoot a mule yeah. deer or an elk, okay. right? There's got to, there, right. there's some other prep work, some research maybe. Did you have to, what did you do right. as far as finding out what species you wanted to hunt and where to hunt that species? Uh, my one friend, one of my best friends who I hunt with, he had went to the, on the bear hunt that, that I ended up going on this, this, uh, previous spring the year before so uh you know he uh you know he was successful he shot a, a big bear with his bow and you know i got me all fired up and he he's like you know dude let's go back next year you know start saving and, and let's go so as far as the bear hunt was concerned you know i that that was completely new to me i kind of he had kind of done most of that homework from being there a year before, but, you know, we got there and we set, you know, set around stands and look, you know, and whatnot, but the, the, the mule deer hunt is what kind of, you know, I, I spent a lot of time, um, on Onyx maps, you know, mapping out where I wanted to go. Once I got there, uh, I, you know, took a lot of time and emailed the, the, uh, conservation officer down there asking him questions about the area, you know, whatnot. And, um, but that was about it. I mean, uh, shoot a lot of time at the range as yeah. far as for, for my rifle at, at, uh, in Colorado, you know, I was practicing, you know, shooting at like 400 yards pretty consistently. And then I go out there and I shoot it. I shot that bucket at like a hundred yards. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny how it worked out, but right. Right. Now, did you, did you do any type of, uh, physical preparation? You, you know, the buzz that, you know, in the quote unquote hunting industry or social media is all these people, you know, hitting the gym and taking mountain ops and doing that kind of stuff. Did you do any prep work for this, uh, for this trip, for those trips? Uh, no, nothing as far as like with, uh, um, pre-workouts or anything like that no supplements really just kind of worked out yeah and i have a yeah. pretty physical job so you know i stay pretty active but um this year i've definitely um i've really started to work out a little bit more just because after i uh i shot that buck in ohio this year in archery season i thought i was going to be i thought i was going to be laying on the ground there with them after uh about halfway through the drag so <laughs> i definitely i definitely have uh, started to hit the gym a little bit more again gotcha but, um so let's let's hit this season up 2017 um what you okay so just to just to give a little i guess foreshadowing you have a bear hunt planned you have a mule deer hunt planned and then you're going to Mm -hmm. ohio for your your typical whitetail hunt so let's start at the very beginning and let's start talking about this bear hunt okay well it was, you know, about, we left, uh, May, May 21st and, you know, it was about a 13 hour drive to get up there. Um, you know, we got up there, got, got set up at camp, met with the, you know, the, the outfitter. Um, and this was in uh, Canada, in, right? You know, this was in Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. Okay. It was in yep. Ontario. Yep. Yep. Ontario, Canada. Yep. Uh, met with him. He showed us the sites. You know what I mean? Like I, I said, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty much just dog. He just put dog food in, in buckets and then tire wired them about, I don't know, uh, probably about five, five feet high. And basically he didn't run any trail cameras, nothing like that. He basically, you know, the old German guy who had lived in Canada for like 40, 40 some years. Uh, you know, he just said if the bucket was ripped down, then 
chances are it was a smaller bear because they couldn't just stand on their hind legs and look inside and to, to get the bait. So that was our that was our form of trail camera until we got there. Then you know we obviously set our own, but uh, um, you know put some cameras up. You know had some bears coming on camera. Didn't see anything the the, the first night there, and then the following. Uh, the following evening, I, I shot my bear at about eight o'clock, and it was probably like 60, 65 yard shot, something like that. And that, that and this was the rifle. Okay, so you, so, I mean, the way you described it, it made it sound like it was just real easy, right? You, you got in contact with it, an outfitter, yeah. you, he put dog food yeah. out, and then two days later, yeah. you shot a a, a bear. Yeah, I, I probably should have been a little bit more picky but uh I, you know i i was just going up there to shoot a bear I, it's not like you know it wasn't like white tail hunting me where i had to shoot you know a nice a nice size buck you know it was just, yeah. i just wanted a bear a bear was a bear to me right right it was so, more for the experience more for the experience absolutely so then you know it was you know you went to an outfitter it sounds it sounded like but you had to go put your own tree stands up so like yes. was this yeah. a the guy says hey there's probably a bear in this area go do what you got to do well he had he had pre-baited two sites and then we we started our own you know bait site once we got there on a different area that we we could hunt right um and and yeah we just you know we we sat around stands which i would I'd, you know i kind of rather do that anyway you know um because I, I didn't really and that was another reason why I wanted to go, you know, I was kind of a little bit more drawn to doing this hunt is because I don't want to just show up somewhere and somebody just say, Hey, go climb up this tree. Like I want to have some sort of thought into it. You know what I mean? Right. right. So, you know, we set up with, you know, set up some stands for some different winds and, uh, and, you know, and that was that. And yeah, the second night, yeah, I, did. I probably should have been a little bit more picky, but. Hey man, first bear. You know, I was, right? uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's off i just got the shoulder mount back uh last week so i'm pretty excited it looks it looks awesome okay so from a from a monetary standpoint how much did that that bear hunt cost you uh not necessarily the gas there and back but the Mm -hmm. tag the outfitter fee i mean what else what other whatever other fees there were associated with it it was about 900 bucks okay so it was it was fairly cheap. Yeah, it was fairly cheap hunt. Yeah, that sounds. For, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that sounds really cheap. So it was nine hundred dollars for the license and the outfitter fees altogether. Yes. Okay, man, that sounds really yeah, like, cheap. That was nine like U.S. like nine hundred U.S. dollars, which the rate was pretty decent at the time. I think it ended up being like a little over a thousand dollars Canadian dollars. Yeah, it was really cheap. That's another reason why I wanted to do it. My the outfitter is um well i should start like this my my one buddy who's probably one of my best friends he lives um uh he has a uh a friend in ohio who owns a farm who i also hunt hunt on well okay this mutual mutual friend has been going up there for like i don't know like 20 plus years gotcha so this this outfitter um he only takes whatever group of guys he brings every year so it's kind of, you kind of have to have an in. So it's ah, not like, you know, a bunch okay. of guys are going there, so which, it's, you know, kind of made it. So it's not really an outfitter. I mean, it's like a guy that well, you know who's, because he's not bringing, he's not like out there advertising bear hunts, is he? Not, not anymore because he's, he's older. Oh, he, okay. he used to be like full, full blown. Like he I gotcha. did it, you know, for, you know, for a living. And now that he's, you know, like he's 70 some years old and he's just kind of, you know, just, in, you know, just drinks, just drinks whiskey and, and chops wood all day pretty much. <laughs> God, that'd be the life. He was, a re- yeah, it was pretty nice up there. I didn't want to leave. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but since I'm mutual friends uh, with Chuck who lives in Ohio, he, you know, he, you know, Wilhelm calls him every year and he's like, Hey, you got, you have, you know, a group of guys I want to come up. If, if you do, then let me know and I'll start running bait. And if not, then. You know, come up and we'll just drink. <laughs> he goes up if no, if nobody goes up and hunts, uh, he at least just goes up and and hangs out with them and whatnot. Um, That's awesome. But uh, but he has you know it was over like a thousand acres that he has leased up there. Okay. So so then you know you 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 go up there. This 
Mm-hmm. The guy works the bait pile for a while, gets it yeah. established. You show up, you shoot your bear. You know, for for it being your first non-whitetail species, right? What was mm-hmm. the, what was that like? What was that experience like when this bear finally starts working its way in and you you make the decision to shoot it? Did you I mean, did you get like fired up? What was the what was the feeling oh, going yeah. through your body? Yeah, it was it it definitely was different. It was it was pretty intense. Well, we had gotten into the stand at like uh, like three o'clock, which is pretty early here because at that time of the year it doesn't get dark till like almost ten o'clock. And what time in, of year was Canada. this? Like it, that was the spring. It was May. Oh, May. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was May. It was spring up. Yeah, and um, we were like I said, we were in the stand at three, and I think around like four o'clock, we were in like a pine thicket, and I looked down, and there's a the, the bigger bear that I had on camera was literally right under our tree. And we had no idea he was even there, that he had snuck in. It's so, they're so quiet and then on top of it, just being in those pines with the needles. I mean, you couldn't, he snuck right up on us. And I think he caught our ground soon. Cause as soon as I caught him below us, he kind of caught us and, and, and took off. So, you know, that was pretty intense. And then, you know, he runs off, but you know, we're trying to look for him to see what he's doing. And then, you know, about 30 minutes later, I just see a flash of him about a hundred yards away circling downwind of the bait you know so then you know i got all amped up again because i had seen him and then another, about another hour went by and same deal you know you start to kind of man he, he, you know he just wandered off like you know he's not going to come in right you know and then i seen him again just kept seeing flashes of him on and off you know it was it was you get all amped up and then you wouldn't see him again for an hour and you'd be like you know from high from high to low and then my bear came in which I assumed was the bigger bear that we had been seeing flashes of, you know, kind of coming in and out all, all evening. And as soon as that, my bear stepped out, I didn't hesitate at all. Cause it was the first shot I'd actually got at it. You know what I mean? And, and I just, it, I just dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you shot him. <laughs> I mean, what, what yeah. was it like? Cause I'll be honest with you at this time in my life, I'm like, I want to hunt bears someday, but not right now. I, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't find it. Yeah. For me, I don't find it interesting yet. That's not to say I won't someday. Yeah. I just like of all the animals out there that I w- want to hunt, bear is not on that list. So mm-hmm. was it, I mean, talk to me a little bit about from the moment you pulled the trigger to the time that you walked down and actually laid hands on him for the first time. What was going through your head? It. It, it was just pretty, it was pretty awesome. I was first, I was in disbelief because I was like, man, there's a bear laying on the ground over there. And it's, and then it did the, you know, the death moan like right in front of us, which was my buddy actually has that on, on film. Cause he was trying to film me, but like I said, as soon as that bear stepped out, I didn't wait for him to, to hit the record button. I just, I wasn't up there to make a video. I was just there to shoot a bear. So, right. but you know, we, you know, we got down and he started walking up on this bear and then that, when you start to walk up on it, to me, that is when it was, it kind of really hit me. Cause I was like, man, this is a bear. Like this isn't like walking up on a deer. You know what I mean? Like, I think I poked it probably like a dozen times before I actually touched it to make sure it was dead. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was pretty awesome. I mean, they're, they're a pretty amazing animal. And, you know, like you said, it's not, you know, it wasn't exactly, you know, super high on my, to my list to do, but it was just a really cheap, cheap hunt. And I was, you know, I always wanted to shoot a bear and I just kind of capitalized on the opportunity, but it's definitely, I think like, a, like, you know, I, I did it once and, you know, kind of experienced it and that's, I, I might do it again one day, but it's definitely not like, you know, getting got me hooked or anything like whitetail hunting. Yeah. Yeah. So this, but it was definitely a cool experience. So I'm looking at the picture of this bear. You're holding it in your, your quote unquote hero shot. And it's got kind of like a white patch on its chest. Is that common? Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it is, but it's not, you know, it's definitely, it adds, it makes it more of a trophy for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, and I looked it up after I shot it because I was like, you know, I got to, kind of explain to people it's actually called a blaze is what they call that on a bear okay when they have a patch on their chest okay but yeah it's it's pretty cool and then how uh, how much did this bear weigh 
and how much meat did you get off of him? It was about 180 pounds live. Okay. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't weigh, end up weighing out the meat, but I probably, eh, it's kind of hard to say. I didn't really weigh it, you know, after I had it, but I got decent, a decent amount. And it was really good. The, 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 the steak was better than the ground. Yeah. Um, I kind of had trouble cooking up the ground for whatever reason. I just couldn't seem to, to doctor it up enough, but the steak for, for whatever reason was, you know, it was, it was really good, but you just had to make sure you cook it, cook it enough. Like you do pork because of, um, uh, the bug, I forget, yeah, I forget what that's called. The same thing they have in pork. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because like people say that out West, you know, if they shoot an antelope, they can they can taste the sage in the meat because that's really all they eat. So did your bear taste like dog food at all? <laughs> maybe the ground meat did. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe, maybe I just wanted to uh, try to convince myself that it right. tasted better than it did. I don't right. know. Maybe everyone put on a good face for me whenever I was proud and, you know, like here, so given, given some to my wife, you know, maybe yep. she just put on a smile. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> all right. So, so you, you got this bear, right? What did it cost for you to do the taxidermy work on it? It was six fifty. dollars okay. um, I got a, a shorter mount because I wanted to get a half mount, especially with the, that blaze on its chest. I really show that off, but I, I'll, it's a, it looks really good actually the shorter mount, but I got a, um, like a scenery kind of added to it. Cause they, they look kind of, kind of goofy. I think without, without nothing else added to them just as a shorter, but, gotcha. um, Gotcha. Yeah, it's, I knew I was gonna have to Colorado, so I had to had to be careful on what I spent. Right. Okay. So you you got this bear. It's end of May now, and now you're not going. Now you're not you're you're not going to. I mean, what what came first, the whitetail hunt or the mule deer hunt? The mule deer hunt. The mule deer first. hunt. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, you had the whole summer of no hunting, right? Yep. So now. It, yes. it starts to come time to think about this, um, this mule deer hunt. And you said you'd done some research, mm-hmm. talked to, um, a biologist or a DNR, was it a biologist or a DNR officer? DNR officer for, for that specific area. Okay. I talked to him. All right. So what did this, when you, when you talked to that DNR officer, what was he, what did he tell you? What was the information that he provided you? Uh, I just kind of asked, cause this was all new to me, you know, as far as I told him where I was hunting, I asked him, you know, is, is there, you know, some decent sized deer in that area, which, um, like, I think it was like 95 there, there's actually the unit I was in, there was zero public land, no public land. So that was, you know, a big bonus, you know, we were pretty excited about that. We, you know, kind of assumed that there would be some big deer out there, but kind of just, you know, wanted to confirm it and talk with him. He said, there's some nice bucks out there. Um, and after that, I was just kind of asking them, you know, like, hey, you know, what, you know, what kind of specific area should I look for out here? You know, it's all new to me, and you know, it pretty much was just the low spots, the you know, the, the gullies and the, the ravines and the, the creek bottoms there, which don't have any water in them, yeah. But they're called creek bottoms, and um, you know, that was about it. Just kind of trying to, because my two my two friends who went on the trip with me, they got to go out there and and kind of scout it out. And they went the beginning of in May, actually right before the bear hunt. One friend that went on my bear hunt with me and just filmed. He was there a year before. He went on the the mule deer hunt. So to, I, they were out there scouting, and I didn't get to go because I was going to Canada, you know, a couple of weeks later, and I just yeah. couldn't swing it with work, and that that kind of drove me nuts because I couldn't, you know, I was basically just going in blind, and that, you know, I didn't really like that, so. Um, you know, they had got to, you know, go out there and put some boots on the ground and whatnot, but I had to take their word for it and I trust them, but, uh, I try to put, I try to put all, as much as I can in my corner, you know, I try to, that was right. kind of driving me nuts a little bit. So, right. so you know, what, I tried to, to gain a little bit of knowledge from the officer. Right. So what month was this? October, 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 October. Yeah. We left October 28th. Okay. So this was, was a, opening was opening day. Right. Okay. So it was opening day, a rifle, um, right. That you shot him with a rifle. Yeah. I believe it was their second, second season. Of rifle. Okay. Okay. Second season of, uh, of the rifle, uh, season. So when you, 
I mean, was this on public ground? Was it on private ground? Um, what what was the access like out there? It was on uh, private ground. Okay, private ground. My my buddy's uncle. Yeah, we 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 stayed with him, and he got his permission from a neighboring rancher, and uh, that's that's where we hunted. Okay, so was this like high country mule deer? Was it in the foothills? Where like was it the eastern plains? What uh, what was the terrain like out there? We were in eastern plains. It was just you know rolling and nothing crazy in, in elevation you know rolling you know rolling hills you know a lot of a lot of cactus i learned that the hard way <laughs> um yeah no yeah it, it's I'm, i still got them in me um but yeah rolling hills a lot of brush very you know pretty pretty open okay you know very very open terrain besides the creek bottoms that was about the only the only cover right right so was this a hunt that I mean, when you got out there, I mean, I've been to Colorado before. It's absolutely beautiful, right? The entire yeah, West yeah, is, was. is beautiful. But mm-hmm. when you got out there and you didn't do any scouting, did did what the DNR officer tell you and what you were seeing the you know the first day as far as deer numbers and terrain and whatnot match up with what he was kind of talking to you about? Yeah, yeah, they pretty much were were in the lowlands and then. And then in the gullies and stuff like that, my buddy had um, jumped one and shot one out of a, of a ravine. So, um, yeah, it definitely it definitely was accurate. That, that first night we got there, you know, we got him from got him from the airport. His uncle picked us up, got something to eat, and you know, I was I was ready to go go out then. But um, we uh, met with the landowner, and he kind of showed us, you know, which you know which. Um, uh, pasture to go into which you know which was i think it was what was it 15 1500 acres yeah so you know that was just just one portion of what he had that he let us hunt and he had quite a bit more but that's that's what he let us hunt. so he showed us you know where to where to go in the morning where to park and uh we kind of just glassed the first night and just kind of got a feel for everything and what were the numbers like the, the first what's that as far as the deer yeah um, we really didn't see a, a ton, really. It was kind of con- a little bit concerning. I mean, um, but we all ended up doing fairly well for, you know, as for how it started and how it looked. Yeah. Um, uh, really didn't see it. We had a group of like, I think it was about six come through the first morning, um, came through his property and my buddy had shot the, the one buck and then, uh, uh, that was pretty much it for today. We just kind of, you know, helped him get it out of there and, and cut it up and whatnot. And the second day, the second day I shot, I shot mine. Oh no, I take that back. The second day I glassed and I found an area where I was seeing a lot of deer cruising this Creek bottom, cutting on from another, uh, bordering private property, um, which I looked like to be a lot of the bedding in there. It was pretty thick. Um, and then they were cutting onto uh, the property we could hunt to get to, to the water. Okay. You know, he had a, um, um, so second day was pretty much just glassing kind of, you know, pinpointing the deer. And then the third day I shot mine about midday. Gotcha. So um, what were these mule deer, what were these mule deer doing? Uh, like from the, from the bed to, it sounds like they were bedding, then they were going to water. Um, was there any, what were they, what were they eating? Was there a food source? Was there like a egg field or around or what? No, not really any ag field or anything like that. Just kind of just, um, just the, just the brush and whatnot. I mean, there was there's nothing really there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's pretty pretty barren. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much from you know coming from bed to to, to feed in the water, and started to see a little you know a little bit of, of rutting activity towards towards the end of the the week that we were there. It was just kind of starting to pick up. I wouldn't even say it was you know maybe the beginning stages of their pre rut when we were there. Gotcha. Um, towards the end of the week, it got a little bit colder temperatures, and we started to see. And every time, every time we see a, a you know a doe, we had a buck with it. Gotcha. Um, so then, did you the previous day? Did you when you shot your buck the previous day? You said you did a lot of glassing. Did you locate yeah. this particular buck that you ended up shooting and say, okay, well, I want to go back here and try to kill kill that buck? I did not locate. No, I didn't locate that buck, but I located a lot of does. I've seen okay. a lot of does bedded 
bedding in this shaded area in this creek bottom because like i said that's that's the only place there's really trees yeah um so the next morning you know i got in there pretty early and got up on this uh this i guess you could saw it, say call it like a ridge like overlooking down into the creek bottom gotcha you know it's just a pretty and uh and i just caught him you know coming out of there and uh and that was about it it's about a hundred yard shot and uh celebrated <laughs> was this uh did you have was this something that you had to prepare for with any type of preference points uh no this this unit was um you know we it was a draw but the odds were really good okay so you just had to so apply we, we all got drawn you had to apply for it yep yes we uh, had to apply for it yeah okay it wasn't over the counter we had to apply for it but the, it, it was pretty good odds for that season okay so you applied you applied with no uh with no preference points and you got it yep okay, no cool. no preference points now yep, did, first did, year. did you apply as a group so like all of you were going to get yeah. drawn or none of you were going to get drawn yeah okay. yeah it would have been, it was a bit pretty messed up because uh my, you know my buddies if my buddy didn't get drawn and we go to his uncle's house without him <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't uh, it probably wouldn't have went too well right Absolutely, man. You got some good friends hooking you up with bear hunts and mule deer hunts and and all that. Stuff. I do. <laughs> they, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're they're good guys. I love them. So so, walk me through. And I know you kind of briefly mentioned it, but you, you said you you sat up on this ridge. You were watching these deer mm-hmm. kind of cross this. Um, this they're crossing a fence line. A fence line. Okay, um, coming yeah. out of like thicker timber into the open or was it just like taller grass? Uh, no thicker timber, just, a, you know, a wooded, you know, some trees in a Creek bottom. It wasn't like tall, tall, you know, tall brush or anything. It just had the majority of trees. It had, you know, it was pretty much the only cover around. Gotcha. And they were coming out of there crossing, um, the bordering private onto ours to get to, to get to the water. Okay. Which was, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty open. So that, that train, that's actually where, you know, the, the following day, my other buddy tagged out the same the same spot. So that that was the spot that was pretty much the only cover around was on the bordering private property in that creek bottom. Gotcha. So you shot your deer, you got him out of there, and then the next day your buddy came in in the same location and was able to catch yep. those deer moving through again. Yeah, he shot. Yeah, he actually shot the biggest one. Yeah, this one was first thing in the morning coming from the water to bed. Okay, across that across the the fence going to the bordering private yeah gotcha okay yeah and we shot him hurt me at first thing in the morning gotcha okay cool um yeah. now yeah again, it, was, it was awesome again you know first new like now it's just your second new species right you you shot you shot yeah. whitetail before you yeah. shot a bear now you've shot a mule deer and i don't know like anything about mule deer but the one that you shot looks gorgeous yeah, it was a. It, it's incredible how much bigger their body sizes are than than whitetails. You, I mean, it's you know you, you see pictures and everything, but until you, you really physically see them, I mean, I think I sent you that one of that John Deere tractor. That was my my buddy's uncle. I'm holding it up next yeah. to me. I mean, it seems just yep. a, it's just a, they were they were all. I mean, even you know even the other ones my buddy shot, the the one my other friend shot, that one was even bigger. I mean, they're just they're they're big bodied animals. Yeah, thick yeah. huge necks. Yeah. Big, big old necks. And you, you said that there was some rut activity going on. Yes, which probably contributed to that. Yeah, towards the end of the week, it, it picked up. It was a little hot the first couple of days, and then it, we got some cooler temperatures. The temperature changes, it, you know, on a dime, it drastically changes. Right. You know, twenty, twenty plus degrees, and and that really that kicked off a lot. Right. Absolutely. It, it, it really started moving all day. So then. Um, what did what did that tag cost you? That tag was three eighty six, and then I think it was a ten dollar habitat stamp. So it was about it was almost four hundred bucks. Yeah, right. three 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 ninety six. And then yeah. airfare out there, what from from uh, Pennsylvania from Pittsburgh? You fly out of Pittsburgh. Yep, Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh to, to uh, Pittsburgh to Denver. Pittsburgh to Denver. Let me guess, somewhere around uh, four hundred bucks for uh, round trip. 
No, my my uh, my one friend, he he found an amazing deal, and we got it for two hundred dollars round trip. Jesus, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we we booked it pretty early. I mean, I bet I think I text him like every day, you know, for like two weeks straight. Like, hey, if you booked the flights, you booked the flights, because he's you know he's pretty savvy with that. So he yeah. found us some pretty good some pretty good deals. Okay. And it was it was a lot less. It wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be either. As far as taking a rifle into an airport, it was it was really nonchalant. I was a little freaked out about it, but at first, you know, I, I called the, I called them, you know, to make sure, like, hey, you know, do I need to tell somebody before I walk in with the case? And they're like, no, just walk in and take it to this counter, and you know, they'll check it. It's no big deal. Right. Okay. So you got uh, you got two hundred dollars for the airfare. You got four hundred dollars for the tag. Yeah. And you killed a, a beautiful mule deer, and now you have more taxidermy work. How much did, did you get this yes. one shoulder mounted? I did. Okay. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, I won't get it back for a while. But um, yeah, that was the taxidermist I go to. I think the mule deer was an extra fifty bucks compared to a whitetail, so it was five to five fifty for the for the shoulder mount. Five fifty for the shoulder mount, and uh, is yep. that is that something that you got done in Colorado, or were you able to bring all that back on the airplane to no, Pennsylvania? We brought it. We brought it back. Unfortunately, we didn't. We didn't get it. Uh, bring the meat back. We, we gave that a lot to. Pretty much gave it away to the rancher who let us hunt. And yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't want to take the chance of it going bad or anything on the plane. That's right. You know. So we left that with his family, but. We took it to a taxidermist there and had him cape him out. Okay. And uh, and then we went to Walmart and bought a big, I think I forget, you know, like ten gallon tote, and we were able to fit all three of the racks in there. You know, after a, a couple a couple rounds of trying to figure out which way to squeeze them in there so everything fit together, and we froze the capes, you know, stuck them in there, and then duct tape duct taped it all up and put zip ties through the handles. I wasn't letting anybody at the airport open that thing up. Right. So when you, how, how long did it take then on that trip, you know, from, from Denver to Pittsburgh and uh-huh. to get it back to refreeze again, was it starting to thaw out when you got home or how long did that trip take? Lightly. It's lightly. It was about, I think it was about two hours and like 45 minutes. Okay. All right. I believe what it was. It was it was starting to thaw slightly, but not a, not enough. Just like the the ears, you know, the thinner part, the ears were, but everything else was was a, was pretty solid. But, gotcha. Um, yeah. So when are you getting that t- that mountain back? Uh, I'm, unfortunately, the uh, I, when I just picked up my bear from uh, from my taxidermist, he's got to get neck surgery. So he said, uh, you know, you bear with me, but everything's got to kind of get pushed back, probably about four or five months. So. Oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's all right. I yeah. mean, it, you know, it is, it is what it is. It's, but, uh, um, I'll probably be getting that back. She's probably close to December. Gotcha. Probably. Okay. All right. Well, you got some time then you'll probably have another mule deer down by the sounds of it between, uh, now and then, <laughs> but, but, um, I, I got to pay for my white tail first before, <laughs> before I pay for my mule deer. I'll get, I think, I think I'll get that in like September now. So your, your white tail. Yeah, from this. Yeah, I'll get my white tail in September. Okay, and that's September, or October. Hopefully, and that's the the next thing we're going to talk about, right? Because so yeah. you got a bear, you got a mule deer, and now you, you're it's late October. You're going back to Idaho or back to Pennsylvania, to so you can go yeah. to Ohio to catch the the white tail rut. So. Talk yes. to us a little bit about this whitetail hunt, and this this was with archery gear, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about. I mean, this is another gorgeous animal here. So, talk to me about this uh, this whitetail that you ended up shooting. Okay. So, so like I said, I got the um, I got the Colorado on the twenty eighth, and the, like the day I got there, my brother, I was like, you know, hey man. I finally got him to buy an Ohio license and, and he, you know, he's starting to, we're starting to hunt together now in Ohio. I was like, you should really go check this spot out. Cause it was a, a Creek bottom that we had um, gotten permission on the year before and didn't get to hunt it. We got permission the previous, um, you know, that spring. Yeah. So we scouted it out, you know what I mean? After the season found, I mean, just, just creep on just tore up with scrapes though. So, you know, we set a camera there probably in the beginning of October and just kind of let it go. 
And uh, I was like, man, you should go check that spot out, you know what I mean, before uh, probably at the end of the month, you know, around you know around Halloween. And the day I get to Colorado, he sends me like four or five pictures of five different bucks hitting the scrape in daylight. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have. I should have just stayed home and hunted whitetails and not went to Colorado. But uh, so I get home that uh, shot shot my mule deer on Tuesday, flew home Thursday, um, took my wife to the airport on Friday morning, which uh, uh, what was it, the November third, and um, you know dropped her off and then. Came home, grabbed my gear, and uh, and then headed out to this spot. My brother had hunted it a couple of days before, and he had seen a pretty decent buck. Um, so I get out there and got you know got my gear set and uh, head into the woods, check their camera, and there was a, the buck I, I uh, shot was there the night before at five o'clock. So you know the. The wind was the same the day he came in the previous day that it was the day I was there. So I knew which direction he was coming from. So I kind of you know, took a minute and, and looked around and, and, and picked what I thought would be you know, the best tree, kind of cutting the, the wind as best as I could and um, got up in it with my, my lone wolf and, and my sticks and got set. And then that was about, by the time I got out there, it was probably two two thirty something like that. Yeah. And... At 3:30, um, in front of me, there's a there's a field in this bottom, all the way in the bottom. Now that field, I can't hunt or anything, but um, there is, I saw a buck walking the edge of it. I just kind of caught a flash of him. I threw a couple calls at him, and I seen him, you know, kind of working my way, and he disappeared. And then a couple minutes later, you know, this buck comes, you know, right right in front of me right into the stand probably about 25 yards in front of me and it's it's a you know my you know it's a giant to me it ended up being scoring about 150 inches um and he's just got this one branch in, in front of him and i just can't i figure there's no point in rushing and taking a shot and injuring him i don't want to do that you know and uh he ended up turning around and starting to walk back the way he came from and I tried to stop him and he, you know, he just bolted. So that really, that was a big bummer. Um, and then, you know, you know, I was kind of bummed out, you know, but it's still early. So kind of just got, you know, got back in the game. And about an hour later, I hear something come behind me and I turn around and it's, it's about a 140 inch buck come in. But, you know, this time he, he, he coming from a bad spot. He come in down, downwind of me and he picked me up right away. He, he, he caught me. So he goes running off and I'm just like demoralized <laughs> at this point. Cause I just seen like the two biggest deer of my life. And it's just, I'm like, man, like you've got to be kidding me. I'm texting my brother and my friends. I'm like, dude, like, you're not going to believe this. So, you know, oh, well, it, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm out there. So, you know, I try to psych myself back into it again. And then at about five 30, I heard a deer coming behind me the same, same direction the previous one had came and you know at this point uh the wind was really starting to die down and it was really starting to cool off so i really don't think that the, the kind of the thermals and the wind wasn't swirling as much since i was in this bottom i think that's the only reason i kind of i kind of got away with it was getting a, maybe a couple extra extra minutes or so with this deer from busting me but uh it um he was about 30 yards behind me and I, you know, got my rangefinder up. He was about, you know, so like I said, 30 yards and a quarter and away. And, and I shot him and hit the, ended up lodging in the offside shoulder. And he ran about 40 yards in front of me and, and piled up. And that, that deer, he ended up scoring 130. That's the one I shot. So I went from 150, didn't get a shot, 140, didn't get a shot. And then, <laughs> And it just slowly kept working his way down, I guess, unfortunately. Well, he, but that was the biggest deer I've ever killed. So. He's a 138-pointer, though, right? I mean, he's got. it looks like he's got a little picker yeah. that uh, could, you could yeah, count. I, yeah, you couldn't really. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not going to. He's got gonna, great mass. He does. And I'm actually getting them the, the teeth, the, teeth uh, the, the jawbone aged. And I should be hearing back from them 
soon. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I want to, oh, man, I don't know this, for this area. He's at least three. I mean, no doubt yeah. he's at least three, but I wouldn't say anything more than four at, at that, but yeah. he's probably three-year-old. A good mass on his antlers, man. Um, I tell you, it's a, another, again, another beautiful animal. Yeah, that one means that one means a lot because I've been I've been hunting Ohio quite a few years now, and and that was the biggest buck I shot. I just really wanted to get it to get it done there. I shot, you know, like I said in 2016, my first you know big buck in PA, which was like scored 121, and then uh, last year that was my first big one in Ohio. So I was I was ecstatic. I can't wait to get that one back. That one that one means the most to me. Yeah. Um, just from from finding the property, you know, the year before and and putting in all that work and find it just you do it all yourself and it all comes together you can't beat it yeah so so now what right i mean you just had one of the greatest years ever as far as yeah. you know you're hitting you're batting a thousand man you you know three different three different hunting trips three different kills um all well wait a second i, I gotta back up what does a non-resident ohio tag cost it actually literally just went up. My, it just went up, but not much though. I mean, it, it was one twenty five. Now it's one forty one. One forty one. Okay, and then yeah. what? Let me guess. Five hundred bucks for the five hundred bucks for the uh, whitetail taxidermy. No. Oh wait, the taxidermy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five five hundred. Yeah. Five hundred. Okay. <laughs> let me read through. Yeah. Let me read through your expenses. You, and this you don't is, need to do the math. It's th- all good. No, I'm not going to do the math. I'm just going to say the numbers. Right. Nine hundred, six fifty, four hundred, two hundred, five fifty, one forty one, five hundred. Does your wife know how much you spent on taxidermy tags and and hunting in 2017? Oh yeah, she's cool with it. Yeah, I owe her. I I owe her big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's yeah. She's amazing. Oh man. So um, so yeah, I, is this I one got, of those things? Is this one of those things where she's going to be like, okay, now it's my turn. I want you to take me on a trip, or I want you to get me something special, or or uh, does she make yep. comments like that? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, she really. She really went out of her way last year because I went on a bear hunt and then we, 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 didn't, we didn't do anything last year. We didn't go on a vacation or, or anything. And then I went to Colorado too. So this year, this year we're going to go on vacation for our anniversary in, in June. And then, and then, uh, actually now me and my brother, uh, we got, geez, I don't know. I think we just got like seven different side jobs to do. And we're planning to, to go to Wyoming in October to, uh, try to do an antelope hunt on, public land so nice. that's next on the list i'm just gonna try, try to keep checking them off i guess but so and uh so and wyoming good I'm, I'm, yeah good so wyoming antelope is your is your next hunt any other additional hunts outside of antelope other than your whitetail hunt no not this year no okay all right. you know, I'm still trying to recover from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's going to take you a, a, almost an entire season just to replenish the budget. It, yeah, it really is. That's why I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm doing as many jobs as I can. I think we got like six or seven jobs to do. So that, that's going to, that's going to probably take care of it. And we're going to be able to go. And it's pretty cheap to go to Wyoming too for a, a, a do it yourself on it. It's right around a thousand bucks, which, you know, it's pretty cheap per hunt. Yeah. Yeah, not that's bad. for everything. You know, that's you know, that's you know, gas, track, you know, yeah, tag, absolutely. Control. Well, man, I tell you what, I really appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast today, Joe, and uh, you know, walking us through the best. You know, your sounds like. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, this is the best season you've ever had. Oh yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, I was very, very fortunate. That's this. Um, this probably isn't going to happen too often. Perfect. Well, again, I'll try to make it happen as much as I can. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. Well, again, man, thanks for uh, hopping on and sharing, uh, sharing the stories from last season with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Huge shout out to Joe for coming on the podcast, man. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and share those kick-ass stories with us, man. Those are the kind of stories that make me 
want to get out west and go try other new unique hunts and new things new adventures so to speak so uh, thanks for coming on huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast ripcord exodus wasp ozonics and lone wolf if it wasn't for those companies i would be putting out less podcasts and i like to put out a lot of podcasts uh, you may have noticed so uh, with their support that is making this whole thing work and this happen and financing this whole thing so please go out and support the companies that support this podcast thank you for downloading wherever it is you're downloading thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you if you haven't already go check out the sportsman's nation on social media check out nine finger chronicles on social media a lot of cool things coming a lot of new podcasts every week you know this and uh, i just my goal is to get better every week with this and continue to put out really good content with really cool relatable people and uh what else what else what else man it's turkey season i'm gonna go out and try to shoot a tom in the face and then i'm gonna eat him and you know all that kind of good stuff and then after that man hopefully i find a couple mushrooms and then it's time to start putting out minerals and trail cameras and starting this whole thing all over again getting ready for elk and I'm busy. The blog is coming, man. There's a blog coming to the Sportsman's Nation, so keep an eye out for that. Enough talking. I got to go to bed because I can hear my kid crying. If you're going to be in a tree, please, for the love of God, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good weekend.